Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. Great. Why don't you come and grab your seat? I know there's still some kid drop-offs happening, but that's okay. Well, it's great to see everyone today. We welcome you here. And um, Karen and I are just going to share a little bit this morning. We're not super... um, We're we're prepped, but we haven't rehearsed. That's probably the right word to say. So um, so we could end up anywhere. Uh, Just bear with us. If that's okay, and um, just before we sort of dive in, thank you to so many of you guys for, that's men, for coming out on Wednesday night. Um, Yeah, really, really, really amazing night. And uh, I've had almost non-stop feedback every single hour, people messaging or commenting on uh, the challenge that was laid out on Wednesday night, and there's men in this room who are starting push-up challenges, triathlon challenges, running challenges, uh, fasting challenges, cold shower, you name it and everything, as well as prayer, reading the Word, and, and uh, leading in great ways. So God is on the move with our men, yeah? And... Um, it's going to be exciting to see what happens. There's going to be a little bit of weight lost, I think, in the house. Um, and it's going to be some sweating. Amen. <laughs> Whoever said that. Uh, it's going to be some muscles coming on, some men, spiritually and naturally. And uh, I think Peter Lovett's challenge was to get back his six-pack from many years ago. So let's see the progress of that. Jackie is cheering like nothing else right now. We're going to need some demos on Sundays <laughs> of all of this progress. <laughs> uh, who else can I pick on? Russ is over here, but he's too easy picking, so we will move on. But uh, amazing. So listen, I, I, I just want us to be aware that um, the onslaught against men has, has not just been by chance. And so as a church, as a family, it's not that anyone misses out. It's that this has been a real lack, and so we want to support and pray and intercede that God will really raise up men, young and old, uh, to really stand for truth, stand for righteousness, to be happy, be healthy, be whole, and, uh, and really stand strong in our community. And there were, there were over 140 men here, weren't there, on Wednesday night. And the, the vibe, and I didn't get to be here, but I snuck in like for the first little bit. The vibe in the atmosphere was electric. And it was men from all around Adelaide coming to gather together, hungry to, to rise up and take what God has given them in authority and in strength and in God's calling and anointing. It's a powerful thing when men rise up. It's a powerful thing. It's an exciting thing. And this is just the beginning. Um, so men, go for it. You're amazing. We love you and we're with you. Just something also before we dive in this morning to uh, put a tentative date in your calendar. Uh, 
April 23rd, I believe is a Sunday. And at this stage, it looks like Steve Weatherford from the US will be here on the Sunday. We're still planning uh, what that's going to look like for the day, but we want to go hard for souls. We want to really, really go for salvation of the lost and see, is that okay? Are you with me this morning? You're going to have to fire up a little bit just so I know you're here. Uh, because believe me, when he comes, you're going to fire up a little bit. And, uh, but uh, God's doing some good stuff. And, um, and so April 23rd, just put it in your calendar uh, to, to be here, to be praying. Uh, we may even on the Saturday do a, a super challenge together as a whole community, which won't be too exhaustive. Uh, it'll be something everyone can do, uh, but we got some suggestions maybe coming. And, uh, and so we're going to do some fun stuff together. Is that okay? Yeah? Awesome. It's good. Well, let's pray and then we'll start sharing. Lord, we just thank you that you're with us this morning. We pray that you would speak, that you would move, and we thank you for every person in this house today. We bless them and we ask that you would increase us together in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we, we thought we'd call today empowering each other, empowering each other. And so it's a topic that can be related to marriages but isn't isolated to marriages um, and so I just saw Rocky and Ellie. I just want to say hello to you guys. I just recognize you. Bless you guys. Oh, and Stefan's F up the back there as well. Yeah. Uh, and everyone else in the, in the room. Uh, empowering each other. Empowering each other. Ephesians 5.33 says this. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, as the wife must respect her husband. Interesting passage if you read Ephesians 5 and go up a little bit, you'll see about submission, you'll see about husbands laying down their lives for their wives. And what we're seeing here is um, a, a relative depiction, I suppose, of the bridegroom and the groom, the church and Jesus. And we see this interrelationship happening throughout history where where. Um, we've got to work together, but we're two individuals. And so that's what we want to look at, some of those aspects today of how can we empower one another, encourage one another, lift one another up, uh, because whether it's a marriage or whether it's a friendship or whether it's a business partnership, there are always going to be struggles, aren't there? There's always going to be situations. And so, um, yeah, I might let you take off from there. Yes, I will. <laughs> um, this is an area for us, I know, in our marriage, but in our family, with our kids, and then moving from, you know, into workplace, church life, community life, and beyond. Uh, really, when we grasp the whole um, revelation of what it really is to empower and uplift people around us, there is a real shift that takes place. So instead of being the person that tries to fix everything around us or be the person that is trying to be the one who's right in every conversation, when we carry the heart of Jesus, which is to uplift, empower, serve, uh, to really love those around us in a way that makes them feel better when they leave us than when they first came to us, that's when we see significant fruit. That's when we see significant fruit in a marriage. That's when we see significant fruit in a family or a workplace, when we actually catch the revelation that we can have an impact on the people around us that makes them feel better, stronger,
stronger, more full of faith, more alive, whatever it is in the, cir- the circumstance that they arrived in, that they leave with something, they leave empowered. And I know for Marty and I, just in a marriage situation, when it comes to relationship, you know, when we stopped trying to fix each other, can I get a nod from anyone in the room? When we stopped trying to fix each other, everything changed. Everything changed. And when we shifted from that mode of, I think I can help you in this by giving you some advice and my opinion on what I think you should do. Because, you know, you could do amazing if you did this. Or When you shift from that perspective to, do you know what? You're doing amazing. You're doing incredible because the truth is, let's be honest, we all genuinely try to do our best in any given circumstance, right? We all are honestly trying to do the best we can. Um, We might be able to see ways that we can help each other do even better, but when we actually surrender that and simply honour and empower one another, it's really, really powerful in a relationship. Yeah, the truth is, if we have to control, then we've lost control. And so oftentimes if we're in a situation, and and we all know what it's like, it can be in any aspect of our lives, if we're feeling like we've got to control this thing, then it's too late. We've lost control. The horse has bolted. Something is wrong if we have to dominate and control. And so I've learned that in in situations like, okay, you know, we all all know that feeling if we're trying to fix and trying to sort of work everything out, have the last say, be correct on everything then already there's probably months and months and months of history of things falling down, things not quite right. And so it's an aspect of taking personal responsibility and saying, what's wrong in this relationship that I have to control? What's wrong in this scenario that I'm feeling like I'm out of control, so I've got to fix everything? And those of us who struggle with control, it usually stems from feeling out of control or a root of fear, or it's often an area in our life from from the past where needs haven't been met. So we're trying to control the situation, our circumstance to make us feel better in those circumstances because a need hasn't been met or a wound hasn't been healed. So out of that, we then try and fix things, control things, um, create things that we feel comfortable and strong in because internally we may not be feeling comfortable and strong Um, and that is key in any relationship yeah it's true oftentimes we'll hear in the church and you've probably read books about Jezebel and we'll hear about Jezebel and I spoke about it on Wednesday night a little bit to the men because interestingly enough poor old Jezebel the, the arrows always get thrown at her but the truth is Ahab laid down his authority and even his leadership before she could rise up and be a controlling wife and so it takes two to tango and so uh, Ahab in his kingship was lazy He was lethargic. So in the void of good godly leadership, someone had to rise up. Unfortunately, someone rose up in the wrong way. But that's what happens with all of us. If we don't step in in a a proper way, in a proper sense, not a control, not a domination. Because remember, if we have to do that, something's wrong. But if we do it in our rightful place, in our rightful posture, then the right relationships grow around us. And other people can flourish rather than be stifled. But if we don't do that, if we just lie back and we're lazy and just, oh, someone else is going to fight that fight, I'm not going to do it, then normally something with two heads will pop up and it's a weird scenario. It's not the right godly scenario. 
So for me, before I, uh, before I went into burnout, really, which was over 10 years ago now, time flies. Before I went into burnout, I was on quite a deep healing journey myself personally, and, and God was really bringing a lot of things to the surface. Who knows what it feels like when there's things close to the surface in your life? Yeah. <laughs> for me, what it feels like is I get easily triggered. So if, if, things, if God's lifting things to the surface that he wants to heal in my life, whether it's things that I'm struggling with, whether it's past hurt, whether it's a fear of failure, rejection, or whatever these things are, when they're close to the surface, the reason why they're there is because God is actually bringing them to our attention because he wants to heal us and set us free from it. They're not there because it's a reminder that they're always going to be there. God wants to heal us of those things. So prior to burnout for me, I was on a, a really deep healing journey for many, many years years, just letting God wave after wave, bring things to the surface and, and just bring them to the Lord and receive healing from them. And, and for me, one of those things that was hard was having this need of needing to be in control of things and, and needing to have things a certain way to feel okay. That came out of my internal fear. That came out of my internal fear that maybe I'm not enough. Maybe I'll be rejected. Maybe I won't be good enough or maybe, you know, I'll fall flat on my face or whatever my particular fears were. So in re reaction to that, there's the tendency to, well, I'm going to try and control the things around me so that it's as, as steady and predictable as possible to try and set myself up for success. And, but if I can just say trying to control your circumstances or your relationship or your marriage or your family is absolutely exhausting. <laughs> it takes a a lot of energy to be constantly trying to control everything. And, and we've talked about this a lot in our marriage and, and both sides, you know, like Marty said, it's never just one-sided. But as a mum as well, I know there's this natural maternal instinct to care for our kids, to nurture our kids. And with that can sometimes be the desire to want to control everything. Um, when we moved to the farm a number of years back, one of the things that happened, and I didn't think of this before moving to a farm. When we moved to the farm, my thought was trees, sunshine, green grass, maybe a few kangaroos, peace and quiet. I was like, yes, I'm all for it. The first thing that actually happened when we got to the farm was a motorbike. And I'm like, there goes the peace and quiet out the window. And then came my fear of what if something happens? What if you get injured? What if there's a serious accident? What if, what if, what if? Fear, fear, fear. So the reaction out of fear can be, well, I don't like motorbikes and I don't want noise and, and this is too much and it's feeling out of control. And I very quickly had to realize that I had to actually deal with my own fears and my own issues and not project them upon the boys. And now we have... Um, our son Balin, who actually races motocross racing and does, you know, all sorts of jumps and all sorts of things, which is another level. And the good thing for him is that I was able to work through the fact of saying, do you know what, just because I might be afraid, just because this is a little scary and just because there is a bit of risk doesn't mean that I am going to stop you from being who God's created you to be. So when we actually look at our own triggers, look at our own hearts and our own lives and let God heal us from those things, we actually not only free ourselves, we free the people around us to be who God's created them to be. And ultimately, we trust 
the Lord with their lives and with their, their hearts and their destiny and their plan and whatever it is He's called them to. And it's actually an incredibly freeing way to live because you don't have to live in worry anymore or fear of what may or may not happen or whether you'll get it right or not or, or whether you'll be rejected or accepted. It's just like you just come and be who you are and let God take care of the details and it's wonderfully freeing. And that is something that we have really worked on in our relationship and in our marriage as well, that we're not projecting our issues onto each other or our fears or our rejection or our hurt. We actually, from a healed heart, we can release freedom, healing, strength and empowering. And it really does shift the atmosphere and dynamic of any marriage, family or any relationship or or workplace even as well. That's awesome. Here's a big question for you. If you're willing, this week, write down for yourself or make a mental note now to find someone you trust. It might be your spouse. It might be a family member. It might be someone really close who loves you. They have to love you, okay? Otherwise, this is a weapon. A safe person. (laughs) Here's the question. What are my triggers? What are my triggers? You ask them this question. And if they love you, they might not even answer straight away. They might have such a big list in the back pocket. <laughs> it's like, oh, here it comes. But we, we, we say this stuff in grace and love and we give it in grace and love. And so, for example, and we have done this over time. We like yeah. At times we've sat down and we've kind of put a bubble around us. It's like no arrows, no accusations, yeah. no... This is not a weapon. This is not words of weapons. I'm not taking this one-minute opportunity to stab you with everything you've ever stabbed into me. This is, this is see, you're laughing because you know what I'm talking about. A safe, safe 20-minute conversation, probably no longer, <laughs> you know, 10-minute, whatever it is, where, where they love you and you love them. You're operating in grace toward one another. And you're saying, what are my triggers? Well, what are my triggers? I, I want to know if I've got triggers. Because if I've got them, then they're staring out at everyone anyway. I might as well know about them. And I might as well deal with them, take them to the cross and ask that if it's repentance, then repent of this stuff. Work it through. It might mean some healing. It probably means some forgiving from mum or dad or uncle or teacher or someone in authority over us. Normally that is the points, the strings that are attached to these hurts and these insecurities that we carry. And just about everyone in this room has this stuff. So don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. What are my triggers? And, and that can transpire a process of healing of some of those fish hooks that are in us that the enemy pulls on every now and then. He's like, ah, oh, there's that insecurity. I'm going to yank on that and it's going to cause a trouble, an argument or a struggle in that family situation or in that relationship. And so we have tried, I mean, Karen said it a few times late last year, we did a whole week of healing Uh, which we've done many, many times before, but intense healing with a couple in the US. We sought them out. We paid a lot of money and we sat for a whole week just to work through stuff. Everyone's got stuff. Everyone's got stuff. And that's the good thing because none of us are alone. 
The thing is, is that the enemy sometimes wants us to feel like we're the only one struggling with this. I'm the only one feeling like this. And then we have this tendency as humans to look at others and think, well, they've just got it all together. They're just perfect or articulate or, or organized or they've got this or that going on. And then we look at ourselves and go, oh, well, I struggle here. I struggle there. And this is a mess and this isn't together. And, and, but the truth is, is we all have triggers. We all have areas where we need healing. And when we recognize that, it's actually really really liberating as well to go, I'm not alone. <laughs> and vulnerability is a beautiful thing. It's a scary thing, but it is a beautiful thing. And like Marty said, when it's with people that you love and that you trust and that you know genuinely love you and want the best for you, you've got a safe person. You've got a safe place. And creating safe space is so important and so key. And wives, it's not a time to bring out the laundry list of all the issues you have with your husband and vice versa for husbands. It's a time to just honestly and lovingly reflect with solution-based conversation. This is something we talk about a lot and, and even at home if we're talking about, oh, this needs doing, that needs doing, oh, there's an issue here or we haven't got around. It's like, how about we come up with some solutions in this situation, not just all the problems. Um, it's really constructive and you walk away feeling much better. But understanding our triggers really means that those areas which are a little bit like landmines, someone steps on a landmine, it explodes and they're like, oh, what on earth did I do? <laughs> I don't even know what I did. Well, the truth is it may not be you. It may be the fact that there's an area of healing that is very sensitive and very painful in that person. They may have gone through something that you know nothing about or might be going through something that's extremely difficult and painful and something just triggered that and set that off and and but being self-aware and being in tune with what those things are for you or in your relationship or family is really important it makes a really big difference not just in as parents but with our kids as well yeah. 100% 100% <laughs> once once we've got all healed up <laughs> The next thing that really helps, I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians 12, 4. It says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in every one, it is the same God at work. And those of you who know, whether it's a marriage or a different situation, we are all different. In fact, we are extremely different. In so many ways, we are opposite. And it's weird how God made it that way. But so, I mean, as those of you who are married, you'll, you'll know sometimes you, you literally sit there and go, we couldn't be more opposite. Why did God put us together? He put you together happen? because you're opposite. <laughs> and so it's, it's really, really powerful just to get that out there and say there are different kinds of gifts, but they're given by God. The reason you're different is because God gave you your gift. And, and so we don't then sit in the posture where we look at other people who operate differently and say they're in the wrong. No, they're just operating differently. I've often thought this in ministry. Now the way I view it, I look at other pastors, leaders, couples, whatever it might be, even in business realms, and I look and go, wow, now I celebrate the difference in them rather than think they have to be like me. And when we do that... We all of a sudden honour the gifting, celebrate the differences and go, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. 
And don't try to make a a little rule for ourselves out of it to make ourselves feel better. It's just purely amazing that in this room, God has distributed by His Spirit completely unique gifts for you. And they're not the same as anyone else in the room. No one has the same exact fingerprint, DNA, etc., etc., gifting, because it's given by the Spirit of God for you. So, of course, that person's never going to be like you. And so when we, when we learn in a relationship like this or in other relationships, when we learn to recognize the gifting, it helps to acknowledge something and it actually helps to empower that. And so we've recognized in our relationship that, A, yes, we're very different, but we've also identified, I mean, you can do some personality testing, you can ask some other people, what are my strengths, what are my gifts, and you can do a little bit of, uh, again, taking self-awareness and personal responsibility seriously means, I want to find out what I'm good at, but I also want to find out what you're good at. And then when we show value in them, in the other people's relationship, all of a sudden, when we honour others, we honour ourselves. And so for us, learning our language, learning what we enjoy, learning how we speak, learning what lights her up, learning this kind of stuff is really, really empowering. We have this funny little ongoing joke in our family. We have some of us in our family who are big picture thinkers and they see the big picture, but maybe not the details. You can can be honest about who that is and who it is. It's my gorgeous husband right here. He is amazing at big picture, big vision, dreaming big. Like, let's, let's do this. And it's not this, it's this. And, um, and then there's some of us in the family who are a little more details-oriented. And, and to be honest, we actually both have both of these, but we, we have strengths in one or the other. And those of us in the family who are detailed-oriented, it's like, you know, the, the big picture thing gets done, but then the details around the edges are all left there, and, and, and it's like, look what I've done. And then the details person goes, wow, what about this, 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 and this? And, and then the big picture person is like, but I actually put all this effort in to do this thing. So it, it, and we have this saying, it's not wrong, it's just different. Yeah. It's not wrong, it's different. So let me give you an example, just jumping in. <laughs> so we buy this farm with an old 1940s cottage on it, and, um, and, and I've called the demo guys and I bring the machinery in, bring it on in. And we're crunching down this house. A lot of history we pulled out beforehand as well. Uh, but we, we're crunching. Down. I'm loving it because the dust is flying everywhere and, it's just, and we've massacred this thing and it's all disappeared. So then we go up to the farm and I'm, I'm showing her. I'm like, look, we've, we've ripped it all down. She's looking around at all the mess on the ground. I'm, I'm thinking this is awesome because we've just ripped this house apart and it's, it's gone and she's seeing the debris that's left. And so we're both seeing exactly the same thing. One is focusing on just the machinery and the testosterone and the gratitude of ripping down this thing. The other one is like, oh man, is that going to be tidied up anytime soon? Where's my home? Like, well, my... <laughs> how can we live here? <laughs> I'm sure you have your own examples of that kind of thing, yeah? yeah? And it's not wrong, it's just different. It's different perspectives, it's different giftings, it's recognising that God made us all differently and uniquely. And it is the Ephesians 5 passage which says, Wives, respect your husbands. Husbands, love your wives. It's, it's honouring one another, it's respecting one another, it's loving one another beyond our own ability to see or not see in our own gifting. 
When we went to Germany many years ago now, Wayne and Irene actually highlighted this passage to us for our marriage, which was wives, you know, husbands, love your wives, and wives, honour your husbands and respect your husband. And the thing that they highlighted to us, which was really interesting, that as women, we're really good at loving, we're on, you know, genuinely good at just nurturing and caring, and that love for one another comes very easily to us as females. For men, very good at respecting, honouring, uplifting, and building. Two different areas of gifting, both the same language of love. So a, a wife might, you know, do all of these things around the house and get all these jobs done, and the husband goes, that's fantastic, awesome, good job. And the wife's like, are you not going to show me a bit of love and affection and attention for everything that I've done? And, or, the, or the husband might achieve something really good at work, and, and the wife might come in and go, oh, wow, um, you know, look at this and look at that, and, and how can I, you know, maybe, maybe I need to help you with some more lunch, or do you need many more of these? We tend to take our own gifting and use it on the other person, but it's like two different languages. So we've learned over the years, I've learned as a wife, he doesn't need to be smothered by me. Husbands, <laughs> he doesn't need to be smothered by me. He doesn't need to be mothered by me. He doesn't need me to pour all these things out all the time. But what he, he does need love, but love with respect and love with honour and love with trust and love that creates space for him to be the man God's given him to be and carry the authority that God's given him to carry and to really honour that gifting. I need a bit more love. I need a little bit more words. I need a little bit more touch. I need a little bit more, you know, love, heart-to-heart connection. If I just got a good respect pat, it wouldn't quite do it for me. But just like he doesn't need to be smothered all the time and I don't need to just be, you know, patted on the back, it's learning to almost love in the opposite of what our natural gifting is. Because men can feel smothered by us sometimes. Not that we mean to, but we can over-love and overcompensate and over-care. And you know, husbands don't need to ever be mothered. They need to be respected and honoured and loved and esteemed. Us wives, we need a little bit more tenderness and love and care and, and compassion and words, if you're a words person or touch or whatever that is. Neither is wrong. It's just different. We are all different. We're created differently. And when we recognize each other's differences and we honor those differences and gifts, and especially if you're competitive, not trying to compete with the other person's gifts is a really big one too. But when we recognize those differences and honor those differences, it creates a really healthy space for both people to grow and for both people to flourish. And it's a skill over time and it's something that I know many of you do, but it is something that for us has made a massive massive difference in our relationship. I don't need to be like him. <laughs> he doesn't need to be like me. And when we were in the fixing each other phase, which I know no one else has ever done, and I know that it's, you know, I'm talking to the, the healed, the redeemed, the strong and the powerful. When we were in our fixing stage... <laughs> Marty's making some jokes here on the side. When we were in the fix-it stage, I thought that it would be great if he were a bit more like me. 
It would be great if he were more details, if he saw more of the details that I could see and could get on top of those things sooner and faster and could communicate things like I communicate things, like which is sometimes over-communication, let's be honest. But I was fixed on trying to think, wouldn't it be great if he were more like me? And he was the same. Well, wouldn't it be great if she were more like me? But you're continually just butting heads. No one's going to be happy in that. And you're just actually bringing each other down rather than building each other up. We're not wrong. We're different. We're all different. Each and every one of us, not just males and females, every single person in this room is uniquely and beautifully handcrafted by the Father. We are all uniquely made. When we honour those differences, honour those gifts, um, it creates space for each and every person to flourish and grow. Yeah, it's awesome, awesome. If our relationships are to be the groom to the bridegroom, Jesus to the church, Jesus never controls us. He never controls us. He could step in any day of the week and make us robots and we'd do exactly what he wants and earth would be perfect, but he doesn't. He has given us so much freedom that we can do whatever we like, but it's out of a love connection because he laid down his life for us that we are drawn to him. And so there's an attraction in freedom. And when we learn the language of each other and we learn to build that up and empower each other, it's a very freeing thing. I don't know if you've ever done this, but I mean, we're discovering this more and more. We're 26 years into marriage. I wish we knew it in year number one, but that's life. But actually listening to what is the vision of the other person. Yeah. What is your vision? What what? What's your vision in life? You might be surprised what they say. It might be the most random thing that they've never even talked about, but have you ever asked? And so it's interesting. Remember that Jesus has given us all complete freedom, but it's love that draws us to him. It's freedom from slavery and control and manipulation that has brought us to him. The difference between Uh, Christianity in the sense that we know it now and a cult, the only difference because they read the same Bible, a lot of them, is the yoke of control. That's the difference. And so when we break that, all of a sudden we go from being in a cult, reading the same book, maybe even singing the same songs, doing the same things, gathering on a Sunday, exactly like this. The only difference is freedom. And so when we give each other that freedom from control and manipulation, you're not, I'm not going to manipulate her or vice versa and all of these different ways because they're all horrible and have tentacles, don't they? But the Bible says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. That means let it be black and white, black and white. And I know that's hard sometimes because there's emotions, there's hormones, there's all sorts of other things going on when we're talking about this. But when we operate in a respectful, loving manner, then we can truly work through this stuff and actually empower one another. Because if we really have laid down our lives, then it's not really about us anyway. And as others around us are empowered, it really is a powerful, powerful thing. We're learning this more with our kids. It's, it's more about listening than telling. And so it's, it's, it's tuning in. It's going, oh, wow. And you know what? I'm learning a lot of stuff. I'm learning stuff. And so it's a really, really powerful thing, learning to listen and respond to others around us. And in that listening, instead of coming with statements and opinions, we're learning to come with questions. How can I support you in your vision, in your passion, what's important to you? Is there anything I can do for you? 
or questions that actually create space for that healthy growth, or what do you need from me? My language might be different to your language. I might look at things differently, but what do you need from me to be fulfilled, happy? What do you need from me? It's those questions that we ask one another that creates that healthy space. Rather than coming and saying, I wish you did this and I need you to do that and this is hurting and this is hard. And, and, and that's just pain speaking, which you know, needs to have a, a space and a voice still. But creating a healthy space for that and a safe space where it comes with questions. So what, what do you need from me? How can I help you? How can I support you? That still is very honoring, very respectful and loving but it's a really healthy way of growing. Yeah, the Bible says agree early. And the reason it says agree early is so that it then goes on and saying basically you don't want to end up in court having to fight this thing out because everyone loses. And that's what happens in our relationships. If we don't agree early and we don't sit down and respectfully work through our stuff, we end up in court. And in court, you end up fighting. And it's like just the same as a war. The truth is the best wars are the ones you don't have to fight because they get negotiated early. And so if you have to have a war, it's, it's going to be a bloodshed. It's going to be bloodshed. And if you're at that stage, then it's a matter of working all the way back and going back to agreeing early and negotiating. And if you can create regular space where you have those conversations of what do you need from me? How can I support you? How can I cheer you on in what God's put in your life? And when you can ask those questions and offer that space to each other, that's really significant. But if that isn't happening from time to time, what do you do then if things aren't quite gelling or working? Well, you come with some respect and some love and encouragement and then ask can I, can I actually talk to you about this? So, you know, I love that you do this. I love that you do that. I actually still would love to talk about what would work for me in this situation, what would work for us together. And, and it's that together language, not the I language or the you language. And, it's, and that's what makes us all feel safe because we're not just on about me and what I need. I'm on about what works for you and how I can honour you and support you and have my needs met at the same time. So those questions with honour and, and respect and love, really creates such a powerful, safe space um, for both people to open up. And you really, it's wonderful how much growth and how much peace and how much blessing and how much trust and intimacy just grow from that place. Because I'm not worried about him having a go at me and he's not worried about me having a go at him. We're creating that space of what do you, what do you need? What can I do for you? How can I help you? How can I support you? Is this working for you? At just asking those questions, communicating with questions. How are you going? Is that, is that okay? Yeah? Yeah. Let's get the worship band up. And um, we're going to share with you just sort of uh, some final thoughts. And it really is along the same lines. Once we've recognised each other's gifting, then empowering one another's gifting. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, encourage one another... And build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. Building each other up. Once we've recognised others gifting, and it might even be in a team, recognising that team around you, recognising their gifting, and then building them up in that gifting, yeah. sowing into that. Maybe it may... Do you know, here's funny about the, um, the uh, love languages. I have recognised that we all have specific love languages, but everyone loves words of affirmation. 
Everyone loves words of affirmation. And so I know for some people it's like the number one thing, but everyone needs feedback. Yeah. I mean good feedback. <laughs> everyone needs encouragement. Everyone needs building up. And this, this verse here is saying build one another up. So whatever they're good in, maybe it's ignoring a couple of their faults for the next month. Just don't even... Worry about any of the faults, any of the problems, any of the issues. Just build them up. You're an amazing communicator. You're amazing at what you do at work. You're amazing at singing. You're amazing at, you know, mum or dad or whatever it's it might be. amazing how the other person lights up too. Oh, yeah. We often Absolutely. think things. Like we, we often comment how we think things, but then saying it is like, wow, really? Thank you. But we're always amazed as well of how connected we all are. Not just marriage, family, but in the body of Christ, we're so connected. And we need to have a mentality, a kingdom mindset that recognises when one person succeeds, we all succeed. When one person is promoted, we are all promoted. It is not a lack in us when someone else is succeeding. Your success is my success. And I'm going to cheer you on and champion you and lift you higher than myself because this is what Jesus did. He gave everything to lift us up. He laid down His life to lift us up. And when we come with that focus of my priority is seeing you succeed, even greater than I can in your realm and in your area, then we all succeed. We run at the moment, we're running and Marty runs marathons and I run short distances, but I'm very aware of how much my body is all connected. My legs are not separate to the rest of my body. It is all connected and when my legs are feeling it, the rest of me is feeling it too. We are the body of Christ and we have the very special privilege of cheering one another on, championing one another, absolutely encouraging and uplifting one another. Because when we all succeed together, Jesus is glorified. And that is the ultimate goal of the reason why we're here on earth. And it's a privilege and it's an honour to love and serve and support one another in building one another up. Let's stand this morning. We want to... Awesome. We're just going to pray a prayer of blessing over everyone. doesn't matter whether you're single, whether you're double, whether you've got friends here, or I'm sure you're connected somewhere in a workplace. Any relationship you can think of, we want to pray an upgrade on your relationships. We want to pray an upgrade of self-awareness. Oh, that one hurts. I know. Sorry. But because when we are powerfully self-aware as individuals, it lifts everyone up around us. And so we just want to pray and decree and bless and release over you this morning. So Lord, we thank You for everyone here this morning and those who are watching online and those who couldn't be with us. Lord, we pray this morning Your blessing over them. We pray and release a blessing over marriages, over relationships, over business partnerships, over friendships, relatives, Holy Spirit, we pray that You would make us so aware of ourselves in a good way that we would be able to empower everyone around us, lift them up, build them up, strengthen them. We pray for healing of our insecurities, healing of our hurts, our need to control. And Lord, we say, come and have Your way. 
Father, we thank you for the incredible love that you have for us and that you see everything. You see our faults, you see our struggles, you see our strengths, and you love us exactly as we are. But Lord, you're committed to us growing. You're committed to us becoming more free and more fruitful and abundant in our lives. And we thank you, Lord, for for your spirit that's at work within us to bring healing and freedom to our own lives and to our relationships, our marriages, our families, our workplaces. Lord, we thank You. We thank You so much that You are so committed to our growth, that You are so committed to our transformation in so much love that You pour it out in so much love. There's no condemnation. There is no condemnation, Lord. We thank You, Lord, that You came to set us free. You came to lift us higher than we could possibly ever go ourselves. It's who You are. And Father, we just release Your blessing this morning upon every heart for healing in Jesus' Name. Greater freedom than ever before in Jesus' Name. Greater freedom from fear and insecurity and rejection and pain. Freedom, Lord, in marriages, in families, for children, sons and daughters. The freedom that You died to give us, the freedom that Your blood poured out upon us. Lord, we release supernatural, abundant freedom in Jesus' mighty Name and fruitfulness beyond measure. Father, we thank You for Your goodness. We thank You for Your Spirit. Holy Spirit, we invite You right now. We want to invite You, just lift Your hands as we're praying this morning, if this is You. We invite you right now to come and fall afresh in our hearts and in our lives. Holy Spirit, move within us. Holy Spirit, release healing where there is healing needed. Release strengthening where strengthening is needed. Fresh vision, fresh wisdom, fresh revelation, fresh intimacy with you and with each other. You are so good, Father. You are so good and we invite you to come into our life, into every space, into every place that your kingdom would flow and manifest in us and through us for the glory and the beauty of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Lord, we just release your word over us. Your banner over us is love. Your word over, uh, over us is truth and hope and destiny. And Lord, we pray this morning that You would release Your power, release Your presence, release a spirit that builds up, that doesn't tear down. Lord, that we would be a community that loves and builds up those around us. Lord, that strong strength around us, powerful people releasing and recognising other powerful people. So this morning, Lord, we just release Your presence in this house. We release You, Holy Spirit, to come and have Your way. Come and have Your way in our relationships, in the areas of our lives that You want to highlight, that You want to heal. We pray a washing away of insecurity, washing away of hurts and bitterness and judgment and unforgiveness. We let go of those things. And we choose You, Lord. We choose an upgrade in relationships. We choose an upgrade in speaking about others. We choose to build up, not to tear down. And Lord, we thank You for Your goodness. Jesus, we thank You that You laid down Your life for us and that You've given us freedom. So we speak freedom over every house. We speak freedom over every relationship. We speak blessing in the mighty Name of Jesus. Give Him a hand this morning. Yeah.
Awesome. Bless you guys. We thank you so much for your hunger and for your openness. And have an amazing week. We'll see you next Sunday. Remember, Vision Sunday, Community Connect is going to be amazing. You might want to bring some friends. Let them know. And um, yeah, God's moving and we want to be part of it. Keep your finger on the pulse, what He's doing, all right? Awesome.